I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. With me is Omar Mansour of Codebase Technologies and Dr. Jasmine Gupta, Chief Executive Officer and co-founder of Lakshmi, India's first financial platform for women. Our topic for discussion, embedded finance and banking as a service. First question to you, Omar. Embedded finance and banking as a service, are they the same? No, actually, embedded finance is a byproduct or a use case of banking as a service. And this is why, because it, uh, banking as a service basically empowers organizations to basically provide embedded financial services within their platforms as well. So you can say that they are very closely related as well, but also different at the same time. Well, what are the advantages that embedded finance offers to merchants and consumers? Omar, you first. So one of the advantages that embedded finance offers to both merchants and consumers is basically convenience. You have, or like for example, let's take a use case as a retail merchant organization as well, which is uh, in, in Dubai, you have Sharaf DG or Tesco, et cetera, and so forth. You have customers that basically want to buy products as well. And for example, you have something like buy now, pay later which is a mechanism that can basically be embedded within, let's say, the e-commerce portal of the institution as well. Now, the advantage is that merchants and consumers, from from merchant perspective, they don't need to make that large capital investment to basically get that system. They can work together with a bank or an organization that has this infrastructure and then basically enable a faster movement of inventory as well. And for consumers, you basically get that convenience of multiple payment options. So that's one of the big advantages. Second is that it is a more streamlined capex model as well. So in the sense that it's more palatable for both merchants and consumers to basically work together with a financial institution and create a whole new ecosystem that just revolves around ease of use and new opportunities that offer convenient services to both merchants and consumers as well. Can we look at this from your point of view as well, Jasmine? With Lakshmi, a financial platform for women, how do the things that Omar's just been describing assist? When we talk of embedded finance, of course, we are talking of a digital marketplace, a one-stop shop experience where consumers can avail all the financial products in one go. Now, when we talk of Lakshmi and what Lakshmi is creating as a new bank, uh, India's first neo bank for women. So women is a very, very specific target segment and they have very specific financial needs. So a gender agnostic approach cannot work here. So here, when we talk of uh, convenience, when we talk of, you know, saving time and energy, having easy access to financial services. And when we say financial services, most of the embedded finance examples that we see, I think the success story we've seen is in the payment solutions. The payment products have been very, very successful in the embedded finance model, I think. But beyond that, insurance, credit, the bank accounts, the debit credit cards, the money transfers, all of these are also important financial products and services which can become a part of the embedded finance universe and can offer a one-stop shop experience to the customers. So when we talk of Lakshmi, we are creating a one-stop integrated solution where we have the lending tech, the banking tech, the payments tech, the entire wealth tech and the investment tech integrated into one platform so that the women on Lakshmi's community, which started as a Facebook community, where we have a lot of women on the community who are trying to learn finance. 
So all of those women get a one-stop experience of availing all of these services, financial services at one place. It sounds to me like you're not just talking about the embedded finance that Omar, you described as a use case of banking as a service, but Jasmine, you're almost talking about all of banking as a service. Omar, what would you say are the benefits of banking as a service for non-banks and for fintech players? Speaking from the tech industry as well and working with a lot of fintechs, working with a lot of banks, et cetera, and so forth, one of the things that these days that we have basically had conversations with has always been the investment on the system or a capex to basically develop these services as well. Where banking as a service, basically one of the advantages is that as a tech organization, you basically deploy your solutions, you implement your solutions onto a cloud infrastructure, and then you basically hand out your APIs and you become a uh, outside entity processing uh, organization. Now, the benefit is that as a bank, you don't need to basically go through a tedious RFP process to create that system, or you don't have to spend months and months to create a particular tech offering that you can basically offer uh, to your existing clients as well. It's more of like a plug and play, ready to go sort of out of the box offering. So that's a big benefit that Bass basically brings in. At the same time, Bass always works on a subscription model or basically a uh, revenue share or a profit share sort of model as well. This is both beneficial to fintechs as well, because fintechs basically work on initial investments like, for example, your seed capital or your or your early pre-series A, et cetera, and so forth. Most fintechs don't have that large amount of capital to basically create that use case that they want to go into the market as well. What Bass basically comes in and says is that, why don't you just give me a very tiny portion on a monthly basis or an annual basis, and we can share our revenue together, and we can basically provide you that particular service. So for them, it's a win-win situation, whereas a Basque organization or an organization that's providing Basque services gets access to transactional revenue, customer data as well. At the same time, it's more of like a, your success is my success kind of model as well, which, which has proven to be very successful for organizations that are working on Basque. And I'll give you the best example. So code-based technologies about uh, uh, six to seven months ago, partnered with an organization called InterSwitch in Nigeria, which is one of the largest payment networks in Africa. And what we basically said was that we will provide you with our banking stack as well. And you can basically provide this to your 400 uh, microfinance banks as well. And the benefit was that these organizations were not able to make a capital investment to basically get those technology solutions. And we said that we will work together with you and allow smaller institutions to level the playing field and offer to their customers innovative financial services as well without the bank or the institution that's connected taking a very large capital hit on their budget. So it's basically win-win for everyone. You say that. I'm just wondering, though, whether banks should be concerned by the disintermediation that is effectively implicit in embedding finance solutions into merchant offerings because it puts the bank at arm's length from the customer the the customer deals with the merchant it doesn't necessarily he or she doesn't necessarily see the bank no of course absolutely you know the whole idea if you remember what we had spoken about ages back uh, was that if the bank is unable to offer a certain service as well there will always be somebody that will come out into the market and offer the same service to the customers as well thusly leaving the bank with the misfortune of not being able to fully service their customer 
examples are you have organizations like Tabby, Tamara, Klarna, Spotty, etc. and so forth. And these organizations basically came into being and they said that I'm going to be the front facing for the customer because the bank is not able to do it. Now, the bank is not able to do it because one, either their existing systems are not able to service or at the same time, they just don't have the budget to create that particular service that they'd like to offer to the customers in the record time that they basically need to. And what happens is that you, uh, the whole idea of, of, uh, of embedded finance deeply just goes into the entire concept of fintech. If you are not able to provide a supply to a demand that you basically have, you will end up being left in the dust. So now what banks are doing is they are reforming and re-transforming their strategy by working together with fintech companies that basically operate on a BAS type model as well for certain services. And they are offering these to customers as well. But at the end of the day, it's the devil is always in the details. It depends how the bank basically wants to operate and control their customers while at the same time working together with that fintech who has similar interests as well. So yes, there is a disintermediation that will happen and it depends entirely on the bank's overall strategy from a customer retention and acquisition perspective. Jasmine, if I could turn to you, Omar has been talking earlier about code-based technologies experience in Africa. From where you sit in India and from what you're doing with Lakshmi, how do you see embedded finance and or banking as a service helping to broaden financial inclusion? Of course, uh, embedded finance and banking as a service, of course, go a long way in promoting and broadening financial inclusion. Now, if you look at an Indian scenario, with the India stack, we had the Jandan Aadhaar Mobile, which is called the JAM framework, which ensured that in the last five to seven years, we have covered a lot of ground as far as bank accounts are concerned. However, just opening a bank account does not mean a person is financially included. Till the time the person has does not have access to credit, does not have access to insurance. I think if you look at the numbers, 4.2% insurance penetration, 13% of credit penetration, these are real hard-hitting numbers. And if we really want to achieve financial inclusion in the true letter and spirit, then I think embedded finance is the way forward. And it's not just for of course, women as a segment, because Lakshmi, uh, women have largely remained financially excluded uh, since ages. And, you know, uh, the name Lakshmi is also very critical, Robin. Uh, Lakshmi stands for goddess of wealth in India. However, the relationship between women and wealth has been very distant over all these years. And Lakshmi, as uh, a fintech, we are trying to bridge that gap. And across tier one to tier five cities, we have seen that the financial inclusion of women is very, very less. 56% of the women don't have any health insurance, even after COVID. And this is the survey that we had done uh, early this year, wherein 76% of the women don't have access to any financial platform. 83% of the women don't have credit access. So these are, again, very strong numbers telling us that we need to do a lot for 
inclusion for women and the only way to do it is to be there where they are present you know women are digitally active it's not that they are not active there are 16 million women in india who are digitally active and by digitally active i mean they are doing some kind of payment transactions either they are doing some shopping or you know on a big basket or they are uh, traveling by uber or they are doing some or the other payment transactions so they know how to operate apps they know how to operate st- smartphones and they can they are digital savvy we just have to make them financial and digital savvy and that's what lakshmi is trying to build and not just women i think msmes as a segment also has largely remained excluded for example credit access to the small merchants uh, especially in the far interiors of the country we have seen a lot of penetration of micro atms the aadhar enabled payments the bharat bill pay system so these payment solutions have reached the last mile i would say across the villages of india but insurance loans current accounts these are of course some of the products products that they have not been able to avail of and hence i feel that when fin- banks go for the banking as a service model they reach a geographical area which they cannot reach by opening branches because that is a very very costly affair for a bank to go and open branches all across the interior parts of the country and it's not cost effective as well so even to get a very deep geographical reach across the interiors of the india the tier 4 tier 5 cities i think banks are very well placed to go the banking as a service model because then they can uh, through this partnerships with these fintechs they can actually reach demographics and the geographies the which they themselves cannot reach and can actually create a lot of impact and i think the ownership of the customer in india especially the model that exists the ownership of the customer remains with the bank so it it is a shared model where the revenues are shared and even the customer ownership gets shared where the customer the entire customer experience journey is also shared between the banks and the fintechs and the customers gain i think at the end of the day the customer is the one who benefits the most out of it because the customer sees value in what the fintech is offering over and above what the banks can offer to the general uh, good so i think it's a win win for the banks for the fintechs and for the customers and a final thought from you omar do you agree with what jasmine has said one of the cool things that embedded finance has basically done it has basically enabled the leverage of technology also from a purchase perspective it's also from a collaboration perspective as well there were certain use cases that were being presented about a year or two ago uh, in the indian market as well and in the african market whereby customers were able to do something like a peer to peer atm sort of proposition as well where they could either pay for certain services by going to somebody who had the same application or had Um, that uh, integration into that service as well so yes absolutely embedded finance is going forward it is basically something that will become a household uh, name as well and uh, as the technology evolves as well more and more innovative use cases come along as well with embedded finance being part of their core omar mansur of code based technologies dr jasmine gupta chief executive officer and co-founder of lakshmi thank you very much